This year, I am really focused on my health and sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out there right now, and they are one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and honestly, you could taste it. I started taking Symbiotica because I was feeling sluggish and tired, and I just wanted to feel better, but I also wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. Plus, their supplements are super easy to just take on the go. They taste good. Having supplements that don't taste like chalk or artificial ingredients makes me look forward to taking them every day. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine, and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. I take a Symbiotica every morning with my eggs and I'm ready to go. I'm alert. And then I hit the gym. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every single month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code BACHELOR for 15% off your subscription order. Serena, you know what I want to do right now? What's that, Joe? I want to travel because I feel like we've been stuck in this apartment for just a little too long. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love getting away. It's great in New York, but I could use a little bit of vacation. There's nothing I enjoy more than going on vacation with you. I agree. (laughs) You're my favorite travel partner. We can go try new restaurants, check out different cities. Should we go right now? I mean, we're always looking for our next place to go. So where should we go? Maybe a beach. I have a good idea. Take the Beachbound Vacations perfect beach finder quiz. You can find exactly what you are looking for by taking this five-question assessment. Find your perfect beach vacation and take the perfect beach finder quiz exclusively at beachbound.com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Welcome back, happy hour listeners, and we're so excited about our episode today because, as we mentioned last week, we are officially on the road to the premiere of The Bachelorette, and we are so thrilled because, Rachel, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like we just sat down and had Claire on, and, you know, granted, that was actually a couple months ago, but it feels like yesterday, and so we are a month away from the premiere, and on October 13th, mark your calendars because we are getting our season premiere, and it's not going to be on Mondays. It's going to be on Tuesdays, so make sure you mark that down, too. It's going to be a change for us all, but last week, we mentioned that in anticipation of the upcoming season, we wanted to get some former Bachelorettes on who we haven't had on the podcast yet. So we want to get them on and get us all pumped up for this season because what is better than some girl power? And so we're going to do that today because we are having a very special lady on, one who makes me laugh like no other and who I personally love. I'm sure you do too, but we are having Jillian Harris on. And if you are a dedicated Bachelor fan, you know, I mean, she truly does it all. She's so cool. She's not only a mother, a soon-to-be wife, she's a badass business 
businesswoman. Like I said, she does it all. And so we're going to have her on and get her talking to us today about all things Bachelorette past, present, and future. You know, I was I was thinking I'm excited to have Jillian on because I think we both met her for the first time at the same time, which yeah. was the at the reunion mm -hmm. and 15 year reunion. And she was hilarious. It's like I had heard about her. I knew mm -hmm. that she was the most accomplished bachelorette. And I still am going to give her that title. Mm -hmm. um, but I had no idea what we were in for <laughs> and how great she was going to be. But at the same time, also, when you started talking about how we're on the road to bachelorette, I was thinking, don't you feel like we've already seen this season? Because more than any other season, there have been so many rumors swirling around mm -hmm. this bachelorette or bachelorettes, plural, whatever it is, season that I feel like I I've already watched it yeah I feel like there's definitely more spoilers out there than there than we've ever had in the past but a I try not to read too much into those because I you don't want to know it. you can't you, this you one truly can't help it your yeah face. This one is like to a whole other level because of course there's always some spoilers but this one I mean I think because people are speculating so much but also I feel like there's so much that when we actually watch each week back on once it starts, I guess, we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, like, it's just going to be uh, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, I just want to watch it. I want to get to know the guys because I heard that there's more guys than there's ever been. I just it's going to be, you know, and I think I said this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but when Chris Harrison always comes out and says the most dramatic season ever, I truly think that that is going to live up to the title for this season. I'm just like, F it. I'm calling Claire. Anyways. Um, okay. So yeah, I do. I totally feel like it's all, it's all been played out, whether it be in the rumor mill or, you know, it, it definitely isn't popping off in our bachelorette chat. I'll tell you that. No, like, I, I feel know. like, I feel like we're all like, <laughs> Claire, speak to us. Tell us we, something. We, are, <laughs> you know, we know nothing. We know nothing. I feel like we're trying to dig so much. Like the way we'll ask questions, like word things for Claire is like, we want something, but she is so tight-lipped. I mean, she'll respond and, and she, you know, she'll give us like the baselines like, oh, I'm good. How you guys doing? But I'm like, give us more. Wait, can I ask you this? Because I got a lot of flack from this and it's typically from Facebook moms because I'm not well liked on Facebook and usually the people who are coming at me all look the same. I got a lot of flack for being confused by Claire's poster for The Bachelorette. I oh, for the never, graduate? I had never seen The Graduate. Mm -hmm. So I didn't understand the concept of it. So, And then in real time, during an interview, somebody explained it to me. And I was like, what? I'm a little bothered by this. Why are we mm -hmm. playing into this cougar mentality? Did we do mm -hmm. it for Ari? Did we do it for Nick? I mean, I literally was like, they might as well dress Claire up in animal print and tell her to roar. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Well, no, and that was my first thing that I said, because when I I woke up one day and um, one of my friends sent it to me and she was like, what does this mean? And I, for whatever reason, had just recently watched The Graduate and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's after this movie. But I was like, if I was Claire, I'd be a little bit bothered by this, too. And that was my first reaction. Like you said, it's played into this cougar. It's like, OK, yes, she's the oldest bachelorette 
like, let's get over it at this point. She's still there for why we all became The Bachelorette, and that was hopefully to find a partner. And who cares if she is a little bit older? Like, let her just do her thing now. It's played out. And so the fact that that was the ad route that they were going, I was like, hmm, I would not enjoy that if that was me. It was, I don't like the double standard. And the first time I saw it was on Chris Harrison's Instagram. So I thought it was a joke. I was like, why does Chris Harrison have his foot in the middle of Claire's poster? (laughs) I was so confused. And uh, up until I had that interview, but I'm not being critical. Like everyone's like, oh, Rachel criticizes everything. I just am like, we got to support our girl here. There's so Mm -hmm. many other aspects to highlight about her. Why are we, we get it. She's the oldest bachelorette. Surely there's more to her than that. Mm -hmm. Let's not that be the the whole spiel or the shtick when it comes to Claire. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let it die here. Okay. We know her age. Who cares? Let it go. Let her just find love and, and enjoy the journey of this all. So yeah, it could have been 39 and fine, 40 and fabulous, you know, like, mm-hmm. come, you know, like whatever. Like, I don't know. It could have been, I didn't, I didn't like it. I wanted to did know you how you have, felt about Did it. you have like a theme for your poster? Black. I'm trying to see what your poster looked like. I don't. I yeah, I didn't have one. It well, yours was it's a uh, doing the damn thing, right? Let's do the damn thing. Mine was that's our girl. I guess I guess that was. But like, I felt I could have sworn there was a commercial that was something like she's bold. She's bad. I might have made that up in my head. (laughs) I don't know. Are you still wanting this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really think I made that up but you know what like actually thinking about it it wasn't maybe it wasn't until Hannah because they kind of played off the whole beauty pageant you know where she ripped off the skirt and had the crown and I loved it. that I lo- like, that was fabulous yeah but and it was it was so fitting for her so maybe it wasn't until her that they had like a theme or this Hopefully it's let's not ask, long living. Well, we should ask Jillian. When Jillian comes on, let's ask her. If she had did, one. If she had a thing. Because like, yeah. I feel like for us, they do songs now. Right. But I'm, I'm very curious with her if, if she had a thing. Yeah, I what are they going to do watch, for Claire? Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Like, no. That's, that's exactly what they did with the poster. I and know, the but... Foot, <laughs> the foot is as big as Claire. I'm so <laughs> upset by it. I'm so upset. Oh my gosh. One of my friends actually sent it to me. She's like, do you know whose foot this is? Like, is this one of the dudes? I'm like, no, they're not going to actually pick one of the guys from her season to like be the foot model for her poster. I mean, maybe. It's th- been if there's some foot. models, but It's Bennett's foot. Shut up. Is no, this- I'm just kidding. No, I, don't <laughs> I have no idea whose foot it is. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, just took the loafer off and here's this it's nice Dust- sock. It's Dustin Hoffman's. It's Dustin Hoffman's foot. They brought him in just for that moment. Just for that. Oh God! I hate it. Um, okay. Well, listen. I, I I had to get your take on that, but I also want to do something fun because we talked about this on the podcast before, and we love when you guys send in questions or tell us what you think, especially your burning bachelorette questions. Mm-hmm. So we thought before we bring Jillian on, it would be fun because we asked you guys on Instagram to send in your questions. And you guys did not disappoint. You sent in so many replies. So we're going to go through some of them. We can't go through all of them. Uh, maybe we'll do that on the later podcast. But maybe we'll ask Jillian some of these mm-hmm. questions as well. Yes. So I guess I'll ask you the first one. Hmm. Okay. As I'm flipping through papers. Um, oh, here's I'm, I'm curious about this. From your season, what guy are you the closest to? 
Oh, that's a good one. I would say probably Jason, just because, I mean, he's always just been such a sweetheart and such a fun guy and one that it was never awkward, um, but also just being close with Caitlin and talking to him. Um, And now that he is in LA, closer to us, I'm like, let's get the dogs together. Uh, So I would say Jason, but I still stay in touch not regularly i shouldn't say that but i still like stay on good terms and talk to some of the dudes every now and again Mm -hmm. um like i mean joe every now and again like we had him on last week and um like even blake and colton just like checking in and like small chats with them um i don't know if do you remember kristan from my season he was the the guy who dunked over me on night one Oh, he was a Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah. So he lives in LA and we'll chat every now and again. And he has a cute dog. So he's like, let's get the dogs together. So yeah, I, Jason's probably like the closest, I would say. Okay. What about you? I, as you were saying it, I was thinking, I, because I'm like, who has my phone number? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that shows a level of closeness. And I yeah. think, I think Alex is the only one that has my phone number. Okay. So, you know, Alex was at our wedding, and it's so mm-hmm. funny, because I don't know if I've said this before, but a lot of my family members thought Alex was Brian. And they kept saying, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> and Alex was like, at one point, he was like, you know what? I just ran with it. I would just say, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I'm so, you so happy. Much. I appreciate it. <laughs> but they do, like, the dark hair. They're tall. They're, like, both built. Like, I can, I guess if, if they didn't really know Brian, and that yeah. was their first time, I get it. It was, I, I, I was like, are they, is that, are they really doing that? That's hilarious. And I love that he embraced it. I would, I would say Alex, who I haven't talked to in a while, but then there are other people that like Eric, you know, mm-hmm. I communicate with. Um, who else? I've even communicated with Peter Krause, mm-hmm. you know, through, and I think that's probably going to be a shocker to so many people because people are thinking of the last time we saw each other, which was mm-hmm. on stage. But that was also three years ago. We're adults here and we can all right. move on. Yeah. You know? And I feel like even this, people read into everything. Like you could like someone's photo and people would be like, oh my gosh, is she flirting with him? Are they talking? Like they just, right. it's like, no, but like you said, we're all adults. Like the world, this world bonds you in such a weird way that unless you had like a really terrible falling out or experience with someone, I can't imagine you not being on okay terms with someone and you know what's funny is we talk we were like man because we were talking about black lives matter and um and like he was asking me like questions about it and stuff and like for some advice about like responses he had gotten and -hmm. it's funny because we were like man we almost hit that follow button but then what like it would just turn into something that it shouldn't because i still get messages that tell me you know, you were really into Peter. And it's like, guys, you guys, I'm married now. I just celebrated a year anniversary. Yeah. So we were, it's sad because we were like, yeah, probably not a good ad- a yeah. idea to hit that follow button. <laughs> it's just, you know, people, yeah, they just read so much into it that it, it's hard sometimes, but I get it. But, uh, okay, I'm going to ask you one of these. Okay. These are all so good. Um, okay, this is, I want to ask you this too, because I feel like you probably were in a better headspace and like could prepare a little bit better i'm just like well whatever go with the flow but how did you mentally prepare yourself to date so many men oh so i guess see i think it's badass to be Mm -hmm. able to say you know what 
whether you're here for the right or wrong reasons, you're on my season. This is Mm -hmm. my season of The Bachelorette. You know, so I felt very empowered. I felt very in control. I loved being in the driver's seat. I'm a Taurus. I'm an Enneagram 8. We've talked about these things. Mm -hmm. I love that is very much so me. And it was invigorating. It was refreshing. And I was the first woman of color. I was the first black bachelorette. It was Mm -hmm. something to me. It was an honor. And I, I, I went into it with that mentality. I also went into, into it with the mentality that I'm open for this, but there's absolutely no way I'm going to fall for these men. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way they can play matchmaker for me and it'll work. So I think I had kind of psyched myself out about it and I didn't have high expectations. And that's why after the first night, I was like, I remember I turned to Caitlin, my producer, for those of you who don't know, and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I think I might be in some trouble. I think there's some <laughs> potential here. I, I was like, dare I say, I think I might have met my husband tonight. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. So I think for See, me, it was just a little different going in. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I just went in. I think I was so nervous at first because I, I mean, I knew going in, like some of the guys would hopefully be there and like me. And some of the guys were just doing it to go on this TV show and make a name for themselves. And so I was very, I think, guarded at first where I was like, I need to really weed out like the wrong ones here. But kind of like you after night one and you start to interact and actually talk to them, you see like, oh man, like maybe I could actually form some connections here. Like I remember leaving night one being like, I'm hopeful for a handful of these guys. Like, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of them aren't here for me. A lot of them, like, aren't going to be into me. And that's okay. But as long as I had some. But, like, to mentally prepare yourself to date 30 dudes, it's just like, you kind of just stand there and you're like, let's make this happen. What do we got to do? Like, I'll just sit here. You guys can come to me and we'll have a nice little chat. Like, bring me champagne, bring me treats, like, whatever. But um, it's it's funny looking back because it's such a whirlwind and it does go by so fast. But now looking back, I'm like, hmm, 25 plus men. I I could like I would relive that again. And here's the thing for all those guys that came for the wrong reason. At the end of the day, they will always be known as so and so from Becca's season. You know, mm-hmm. any article that mentions them, any Google or whatever, it's like blank, blank, blank from Becca season. So and so, so and so from Rachel season of The Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that's right. You're always going to be attached to my season and yeah. my name. I just think mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, and plus I'm a serial dater. So I'm like, 30 men. <laughs> I've done, no, I haven't done this before, but I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's, yeah. it's I love every bit of it. That's why mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting to hear Trista talk about. The stigma that was placed on her, it's so crazy how things change over the years because now you're looked at as like such a strong, independent woman wrangling mm-hmm. these men in. While, whereas Trista did it, it was like almost as if a, like a, a negative connotation was placed yeah. on her to be a woman dating all these men. There was such mm-hmm. a double standard. So, yeah, you know, it's like taboo kind of. I mean, especially back then. But... I think about it now, just like in my life now, because obviously, like, I am single. And now that I can say that, it's easier to, like, talk about, like, where I'm at. But I think, like, you know, I never, like, I was always in exclusive relationships when I was with someone. Like, that was the first time where I could really, like, explore multiple relationships at once and really balance them out. And so now I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm 30. Like, I'm ready to maybe, like 
be okay with like not having to like throw all my eggs in one basket per se and be like only you like this is my goal in mind and just kind of like enjoy the experience that life and dating has to offer so it's um it's definitely fun though it's like a weird weird thing to do but it's like i don't think any girl would turn that opportunity no, down no you know you don't if you get if you get offered the bachelorette you take it all you mm-hmm. future bachelorettes out there and can i just also say something about being 30 First of all, you know, welcome to this decade. But for, for <laughs> Becca and all my other Bachelor Happy Hour listeners who are in their 30s or about to approach 30, there is nothing like stepping into your 30s. And I know you've heard it before, but it's I, I, I can't explain it. It's like you wake up and you're like, I get it. And there's so many things that you did in your 20s that you leave behind. And there's so many things that come to you in your 30s, like wisdom. Um, just like the, the maturity, the growth, even the beauty that comes out of it, like mm-hmm. internally and, and, and physically, I, I can't tell you what it is about turning 30, but it's like a light bulb goes off. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like, and I shared this with you privately, Becca, that like, I came out of a really, really tough relationship when I was 31. And I was like at the bottom. And then later in that year, my entire life changed. I don't mm-hmm. know. There is something magical about your 30s that I'm so excited for you Wait. and all you other 30 year olds out there. <laughs> Rachel, the fact you just gave me chills all over because when you just said magic, that is exactly what I was about to say is like, I feel like it's this weird like magical spot that I'm in right now like maybe it's the fact that I also moved to LA and it's like this new chapter but it just feels like magic it is it is I'm telling you remember when the song 30 is the new 20 came out and I remember I was like in my 20s I might have even been my teens and I was like that's just something 30 year olds are saying to sound young okay now Mm -hmm. that I'm in my 30s I'm like (laughs) yes 30 is the new 20 and it feels so good mm-hmm. yes welcome you guys it there's does. nothing like turning 30 we're not just we're not just saying this here because we are in our 30s i'm mm-hmm. telling you just also wait. i will say i'm not considering myself 30 quite yet because i never had a party because i was in quarantine oh, so you're one i'm of those. The, the day <laughs> things can open up and i can plan everything and like do something fun with people that's when i turn 30 officially but i also like it. i'm embracing the 30 so i i do like it no, I'm, I'm all I'm all for a good party. So like I'm I'm hopping on that train. So <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. So whoever sent this one in, they asked, "Do we think filming should be longer, and would we want it to be?" And this is a great question because um, it is my last week with the guys with my last two guys in the Maldives I sat down with my uncle Chuck and he asked me that same question because he could tell I was so stressed I was so anxious and he's like if filming he's he's good he always comes in with the hard-hitting questions though and for me at that point obviously like I had two great guys I was trying to decide between and so he was like if you had more time would you take it and I remember being like whoo like shit yes if I could I would and he's like well then maybe you're not ready and I'm like but I think I am, but like you just made me question things, but I think, I don't know. It's like you want to get on with your life and and find your partner and you don't want to keep filming and being around cameras. But if you had a little bit of more time, I would have personally loved that. I would have taken it, but not like a ton, just, you know, a couple, um, couple weeks. I would say no, actually. You're ready. Uh, if I would have wanted more time in the beginning, but once mm-hmm. I had gotten to the end and I had narrowed it down, 
I was stuck in a place where I knew what I wanted to do, but I was still, it was hard for me to let go mm-hmm. um, of the other guy. And so I think more time would have just made me more confused. Mm-hmm. And I think more, like I knew what I needed to do and I needed to be very matter of fact and decisive and make that decision and not get caught up in a type of relationship that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know what I would have done with more time. You know, like, would I have been pushing for something that wasn't there? Would I have been, you know, like, I don't know if I would have been caught up in all of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, like it's, what is that? What is the saying? Um, And well, I was going to say that the saying of an idle mind is the devil's playground, but that doesn't really fit. I get, I think what I was more so saying is like, I feel like when you have more time to wonder um, your mind can, can go maybe to places that it shouldn't. So for me, because I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what I was holding on to, like why why I couldn't let go of it, I don't think it would have been it would have been good for me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would have wanted more time in the fantasy suites. That's oh. what I would say. Well, <laughs> well, when you put it that way, I don't know. Like it's hard for me now because of Brian. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously I would love more time in the fantasy suites. But it's hard for me because, like, I don't, I can, I remember, okay, go back to when you were um, on The Bachelor. It's hard for you as a contestant wondering, because you have so many days of, okay, what are they doing? What is he doing now? Did he fall for him? Like, what did they talk about? They had all this time where nobody else could be there. What was it like what we had? You you wonder mm-hmm. that. And I just remember that was the most miserable week as a contestant. So now it's like yes. that I'm with Brian. It's like, would I want to go back and do that to Brian? No. That's a good point. Yeah, that well said. And and speaking of more time, we unfortunately we wish we could have more time to answer more of these questions, but hopefully we'll get around to it in the next couple of weeks. It's always fun kind of taking a walk down memory lane and and I feel like every time we talk through these things like new memories come up for both of us and we're like wait what about this and I remember feeling like this so it's always a good time um so keep DMing us your questions we love to answer them when we have enough time Mm -hmm. um but we love you guys so now it's actually time for our guest because we need to bring her on and like we said earlier Jillian is one of the coolest people she's a designer she owns multiple multiple businesses she's a mother and a soon-to-be wife but on top of all that she's also like us a former bachelorette so she has a very soft place in our hearts so please everybody welcome Jillian Harris I mean first let's just start like how are Mm you I'm hey, great. Girl. Hey, girl. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I appreciate I just wait. I got to just address this first. But Becca, you're in a nursery. Whose nursery are you in? <laughs> We're just Call her out. <laughs> I was like, people are probably going to think I'm pregnant. Um, I'm in my niece's. She's, okay. she's turning a year this week. So I'm back in the Midwest for her birthday. So it's yeah. my niece's bedroom. Much cuter than my own, I should say. So um, yeah, thank you. My That's sister, awesome. my sister has like a fun little quirky touch. So I love it. I love it. I'm like, we're talking about kids. I'm like, wait a second. I was so worried about where I was doing my podcast, but I could have really done it anywhere. You're in a nursery. I mean, this is yeah. Oh yeah. We're in we closets. used to do it from our closets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Hey, this is so, so anyways, I'm good. But just first, I just got to get through this. So you guys have been doing this podcast for like almost a year now or how long? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah it's been, been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's going well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 
it's so great because we we get to reminisce a lot, which is, you know, like we're yeah. going to go down memory lane with you. Yeah. But we get to reminisce about our times. We get to connect with the fans because you don't normally get to do that. You know, when you're on a TV screen, yeah. you're putting the show together, but you don't get to interact with mm-hmm. fans. We've had fans come on the show. That's then we get amazing. to talk to the future con- uh, contestants and leads. So it's like we all like we get to connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. That this is, so is this cool. is my favorite having past bachelorettes, like having you on. We always get so excited because we were talking about, you know, we met you at the, the 15 year bachelorette reunion yeah. last, last year, but it bonds us in such a way. So it's always oh. fun to have any woman on that just is a go getter, but like you are just the epitome of a bachelorette badass. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but you girls too, you guys are doing so many amazing things. Like you guys have got, you guys have so much going on. And I feel like that is something so cool when you're bonded by this group of people that listen, like this life that we're doing isn't for everybody. So if you really do want to like detach and have a family, then you can do that. And you're still a part of the group and you're still a accepted and appreciated but then also if you want to like release your own line of clothing or do host, host eat, like a national television or if you want to have a public wedding private wedding doesn't really matter but it does give you that opportunity to have that platform and then have these people that support you along the way and cheer you along the way whatever your success looks like it's so cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah I want to ask you this. Speaking of success, Caitlin Bristow has talked about this. Like one bit of advice that I think you gave her when she came off the show was, you know, find who you are. Don't if you don't just want to be so and so the bachelorette, like find what like fills your soul and makes you you and go from there. So where did you find that spark? And then also playing on to that, like tell us everything that you are working on, because it's a lot. So I think it, I actually go back to the story of my very best friend, Shannon, her mom, I, I went to, I registered myself in school when I graduated to be a teacher. I wanted to be a French immersion teacher because I spoke French as a second language. I don't know anything yet at this point, but back then I was like fluent French. And she said to me, she's like, I just don't, she's like, of course, she's a psychologist. She wanted me to go off and be successful. And she's like, I just don't picture you doing that. I picture you with like a briefcase and like starting businesses. And when you're young when you're 19, you're like, but what does that mean? Like that, that mm-hmm. I was almost offended because I felt like I knew what my path was, but other people were telling me I was wrong. And then, um, when I was right before I went on the bachelor, I was, a, I got into restaurant design somehow. I did have some interior design background, but not a lot, none in restaurants, but I just kind of like squeezed my way in there through basically like sales. Like, I think that's always been my thing. I've always loved marketing and sales, but I just didn't know. I didn't know what that looked like on, on paper or in education, but that was always my thing. And, um, I actually kind of got fired from that job because they told me that I just wasn't corporate enough. And I remember my heart just being broken because I felt like, Oh, I'm going to be this established restaurant designer and all these people will respect me. And then I got fired basically because of my personality and my personality was, it was weird. Like he just said, like, it just doesn't seem like you fit in with this corporate atmosphere. And I was so heartbroken, but he sat down the guy who owns a big company here in Canada called Cactus Club Cafe. It's like your version of um, Houston's and Gulfstream. Mm. You guys know that that group of restaurants? Houston's, love it. Houston's, yeah, very similar. Um, And similar success-wise and vibe-wise and everything. And he said, I know you're really hurt right now, but I really feel like you 
are going to have a career in television. And I was like, what? And he goes, you're just, your personality He's like, it's too big for here. And I was just only was offended. Like I was so offended. <laughs> and um, I remember crying, home, going home and crying to my parents and saying like, pardon my language, but like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? You're supposed to go on TV. Like how does somebody just get on TV? Okay, thank you, Richard. I'll just go get on TV right now. That's awesome. Like really nice. And so I kind of lived with that shame for a few years of, the fact that somebody let me go and they thought I was going to be a TV host. But of course, everybody wants to be a TV host, like easier said than done. And then I decided I was watching, um, what's the guy? I don't even know who he was, but he got engaged to the Lamas girl. Um, she, Shane Lamas. Her family is super like Hollywood and her dad is like a producer and she, it was like, I don't even know what season it was, but she's like blonde, big lips. She's actually has a big following on Instagram, which is funny because none of us, I think she doesn't want to be associated with The Bachelor anymore, but that was kind of her claim to fame. Mm -hmm. I loved her dress. And I remember (laughs) thinking like, I need to apply on this show so that I can have a dress like that. Like so weird. Like, (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. Um, of course, I did want to get married and have kids, but it, I, it was, I thought that she was like the cutest little button and she encouraged me to apply on the show. But it said right on the, right on the thing, American applicants only, like basically mm-hmm. no Canadians. So I was like, I'm going to try anyway. It's like, you never know. They might really like me. And um, so I got on, on The Bachelor and it was so weird because I was like, oh my God, this Richard guy was right. Like now it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Like how did that, like somebody else manifested my dream. I didn't even manifest it. Right. But anyways, um, I have always been kind of the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, like as a kid, I always had businesses. I cleaned houses. I'm like Forrest Gump. Like I've done every job possible. <laughs> um, and then when I came off the show, I remember being so brokenhearted because I knew in my heart of heart that Ed and I were not a good fit, but I just wanted that forever love. I'm going to start crying so bad. And I wanted to be a mom so bad. I'm like, I'm starting to cry again. And I remember feeling like that was never going to happen for me. And he's probably going to hear this through friend or friend, but like he was really so douchey to me back then. (laughs) He was not a good person to me. And so it just, instead of me seeing it as like, Oh, I know I deserve better than him. It was the opposite for me. Like, how does he not see that I have so much to offer? Like, mm-hmm. I just totally, totally broke my heart. And um, I was very sick at that time. Like, mentally, I think I was like 96 pounds. And this is when Caitlin was coming off of The Bachelorette. And Oh, no, sorry. No, I'm mixing up my timeline. <laughs> but... Um, I just remember being so sick and feeling like I was never going to find myself. And my family and friends just kept on reminding me of like, but what were you before that? You now have this platform and this opportunity to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of like what fueled my fire to just go, okay, I know this is going to happen for me eventually. I just need to focus on what I can control right now. And it was everything from like interior design to communicating to connecting people to creating, giving back to charities, 
storytelling, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so now, um, you know, and then of course I did, I did a a thing for a while, you know, remember Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I got offered like this, um, uh, what is that show I did for seven years? Love It or List It Vancouver. Mm -hmm. It was on HGTV. Um, I'm just like babbling. I'm going to give you guys a chance to ask any questions. Um, But we're going to hear from you though. (laughs) But while I was doing that, um, I, I did love it. But I felt like I didn't have my own voice. I felt like an actress. I mm-hmm. felt like I showed up on set. I got my makeup done, which was the best part of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I just did what I was told. And even though it was great money and like a great opportunity, I felt like my energy was better used out there. Doing what I wanted to talk about. Telling my story the way I wanted to tell it. Mm-hmm. And so after I had... Leo and I was pregnant with Annie and they, after seven seasons and they asked me to come back and I had no maternity leave with any of the kids. Um, maternity leave on Canadian standards is pretty awesome. So I probably, <laughs> didn't have, I probably did have Matt leave the American style, but not, mm-hmm. not Canadian style. And so I just kind of said, I'm not going to go back for any more seasons um, until I can just take a break and spend some time with the kids and grow my business so that's kind of where I am right now. Now I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, now spending the last year being like, okay, what am I now that I'm not a TV host? What, what else can I do? And I'm sure that's what people want to hear because we know you. So we know, you know, you have your presets, you have your books, like you have your Jillian box. Like tell us all of those yeah. projects that you're working on. Correct. Okay. So yeah, there is a lot right now. <laughs> She's like, I can't name them all. I'm like, what am I? <laughs> um, so yes, the cookbook um, released last October, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything, but we are working on a second cookbook. Which Good, is like, I was going to ask if there's another one coming. Right? Yeah, yeah, I yes, love I the first one. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a labor of love, and honestly, I didn't know how it was going to do because they're your own recipes. You're mm-hmm. like, right, anybody going to like this spaghetti sauce as much as me? Mm-hmm. So it actually did number one bestseller on Amazon for like two weeks, which. It's amazing. Like, like we dedicated the whole book to my grandma and she basically died a month before it went, it went live. So she didn't get to see that. But on our book tour, there was all these little signs that she was there with us. But, Absolutely. Um, the cookbook and yes, the presets were super cool. We would always get people asking us how we edit our photos. And so we just decided to release the presets. And um, I know a lot of other influencers are doing that right now. So if you're listening and you're thinking of doing that and you think you've got your own touch on releasing presets, I would suggest it because it's been, it's been fun to have a product that um, isn't an actual product. So you're not worried about like the environmental impact of somebody buying your, this product mm-hmm. because there's no resources that goes into it except for like an edu- your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And then also it allows your community to get creative and to want to capture memories and then to be artistic on their own, which I really loved instead of just selling them something what is something that could feed their soul and get them creative again? Um, and also, I mean, it was really good and financial move for us. So it allowed us to get an office and hire more people and brainstorm about what our next thing was. Um, and then the Jilly Box was born on the fact, so if, just to give you a rundown, the Jilly Box is like a subscription box. It's a quarterly box filled full, full of like my favorite things, but also newly discovered things. 
Um, we try to pat ourselves on the box being like 98% plastic free. Most of our brands are either small brands or, you know, like kind of my litmus test is like, your company has to be at least one of the following, like a female owned and operated, um, small brand, Canadian, either North American made, eco-friendly, giving back to a charity. Recently, um, my eyes were opened with everything that's been happening with Black Lives Matter. So really thinking about um, like a BIPOC owned brand, an LGBTQ owned brand, um, brands that are owned by people with disabilities. So really thinking how to diversify that box as well. Um, and we've just really been connected with some amazing uh, brands and companies and women that way. And so the idea I thought was, well, I'm going to make 5,000 boxes. And hopefully I can sell all these boxes. But I just, I guess I must have just ramped it up so much over the, the year leading up to it. I didn't realize I had done that, that when we went to go launch, there was like 100,000 people waiting. Oh my gosh. The box, mm -hmm. And they were pissed. They were like, I'm 75,000 in line. I'm never going to get this box. And so then I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to sell this many like how, if I'm planning, if I want this box and this business to be these high-end items from these small brands, some of these brands have never sold 200 of, of their products, mm -hmm. like a mug, let alone 5,000, 100,000. Like they're right. never going to be able to, like to sell 100,000 of something, it has to be mass produced. Right. And I'm like, that's just not what I wanted this to be. Like, yeah, I'm sure I could be a multimillionaire overnight, but I want to go to bed at night knowing that I'm still helping out these small brands. I'm not contributing mm -hmm. to the world imploding. And so we reached out to some of the brands who we are already working with on the next box to say like, can you do 10,000? Like, is that, can you do 12,000? So we're slowly trying to figure out how to support some of these smaller brands. And it's not all smaller brands. Like we have a product in the next box that's from Joe Fresh. And so their, their stuff is made in, in overseas and yeah. whatnot. But the other seven products are small brands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was going to say, I, cause I know we're going to ask you bachelorette questions, but like you're so inspiring mm -hmm. and I'm, and I, no, no, really. And Thank you, you know, one as a bachelorette, because you came before us. And so you paved the way for us and you let us know what we can do and what we can be beyond just bachelorettes, which is such a fear you have when you go into it. I remember when I came out, I was an attorney before. And I remember when I finished, I felt like I had lost my identity as an attorney. I was just known as the black bachelorette. And I felt <laughs> as if I had to start over all yeah. over again. And I really did, especially venturing into a different industry. And I, and I think people see us as strong and as independent, but there is a lot of fear that comes with it. And it's very scary. And there and is a the stigma things, with going, being on the bachelorette. Like yeah. when I came off, I remember having this conversation with Kelly Ripa, bless her soul. I know she didn't mean to offend me, but she's like, oh, you silly girl. Like yeah. Just, oh, she, like, she hates the, she, yeah. she hates it. <laughs> I'm smart. Yeah. She, mm -hmm. she loves to, to, to do those digs with us. Yeah. But I, I think something like, like you're talking about being an entrepreneur and you're talking about your way and how you got, got to where you are. I myself have always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I am terrified. Like Becca has a label. Yeah. Becca's working on other things. I have been terrified to start something and I know I'm not alone. And I know that there are other people who are listening to this right now who have ideas, but are 
can't get over that fear that they have. So what advice would you give to someone mm-hmm. who is trying to like get started? Um, and I know that may- maybe that's a loaded question, but just, like, maybe taking it from the beginning of how, how do you get started? How do you get over that fear? I'm getting a pen because I'm taking notes here. Selfish question. Yeah, I think I have like two or three really like concrete takeaways. One is a, a famous quote by a Canadian hockey player, Wayne Gretzky. And I think I've said it more than him. I'm just going to say, Wayne, I'm sorry, it's my quote now. But it's, you miss 100% of the shots yeah. you take. Like, you just really do. And it's scary, though, because that doesn't mean that every shot you take, you're going to score, right? Mm-hmm. So that is one thing. The other thing is just being okay with failure. Like, we're talking about all my successes, but there were a lot of failures along the way. I fucked up a lot and had to, like, apologize to my following or, like, you know, I started a company called Charlie Ford Vintage, which was after The Bachelor. So I was able to use my my audience. Technically, I should have been so successful, but it was an epic fail. I lost all of my life savings. My cousin Tori lost all of her life savings. Justin left me at one point. Tori just about got divorced. Tori and I were like emancipated, like skinny and stressed out. She lost a like friendship basically over it. And so it, we don't talk about those things a lot, but it was like going to Harvard. I learned so much about business. Um, and I've since had business ideas since like the Jilly Box that I've learned about technology and marketing and what will work and what won't work. And Back then, it was a, a drop shipping model, which is a great idea. Like that's what Wayfair and Amazon do. They drop ship. But we were drop shipping antiques. So you sell a teacup for $25. And then you do, you basically, in the end, you're taking home like four bucks. It's just, it's not, and that's one item. So then you got to find another antique cup. So it just wasn't a good business model. But we failed and it was really hard on us. But um, you just have to get back on the, is it get back on the horse or the horn or whatever? It's the horse. It's horse. horse. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> the horn would be really hard to get back up on it. <laughs> I mean, good. It might be a good time. It might be a better time than the horn. <laughs> the shape, the size, you never know. How hard it blows. The make a vibration. <laughs> one might be better than the other. But anyhow. And then the other one is um, not everybody has this personality in them. But I get this from my mom and where I don't really have a strong sense of consequence. So I am one of those people that always gets parking tickets. I'm always running into things. Like I'm always hurting myself, breaking things, dropping my phone in the ocean because I'm just kind of like, this is a great idea. This is going to work out great. And then when it doesn't work out great, I'm like, oh yeah, shit, that was not a, that was not a good idea. (laughs) So I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And um, I think like even Rachel, for you, like I can just tell you, and I'm sure everybody listening will tell you that whatever you, your heart desires, when you go to do that, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be successful and it's going to be painful and it's going to be difficult. Like the Jilly box is successful, but it's a giant pain in the ass and it was so stressful. And I honestly, Mm -hmm. at one point thought I was going to have to like, this is not, I'm not sugarcoating this. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital for like anxiety and like depression. Like I just was like, this is insane. But I created boundaries. I hired more people. I got strategic. I was like, I have to get through this. Like, what is my option right now? Do I close up my business business and walk away? No, I just have to figure out how to make it work while 
taking care of my heart and my brain and my family. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you just have to like figure it out. But whatever you, I know it is scary, but I'm telling you it's going to be successful. And if it's not and you fail, there is going to be success in that failure. You're going to learn from that and you're going to do yeah. the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's such Ooh. great advice. It's so important to talk about the failures. I'm so glad you like, mm-hmm. I mean, that might not be the most fun thing for you to talk about, but you're a success coming from it. And I think people need to hear that because you see the finished products and you think, oh, like they did it. It was easy. Totally. They got there mm-hmm. and they don't see the bumps along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even today, like I came in five minutes late to work. It was a gong show down here. I came upstairs. I'm like, well, this, there's all these boxes of stuff. Like who's sending this stuff? What, what are we doing? This Isn't there somebody to help us do this? Like you guys, I got a podcast starting like two minutes. I'm tripped down the stairs. I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm like, I'm still <laughs> from yesterday and I'm swearing and Justin's messaging me. He's like, can you please respond to my text messages? I'm like, I can't, I can barely keep my day together. <laughs> so it might seem like I have it all together, but there's a lot of swearing that goes on throughout the day. <laughs> but I'm oh. sure like any of our moms out there hear this and they it's so relatable. It's like you juggle yeah. 40,000 things at once. And sometimes you're like, how the hell am I going to be able to get to the next spot or like get my mind right? And so like, this is real. This is like, yeah. this is what people want to hear because they feel like they're not alone in it. And, um, and, and like, even for me, who's not a mom and like my brain moves a million miles a minute and it's so frazzled. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one that like has those days or those moments. And they're like, what the hell? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's good to hear. And also, I think that as women, I mean, every every person is different. Like, uh, take my cousin Sam, for example. She's just getting into the influencer business right now. But she has, like, hard boundaries. She doesn't like to be stressed out. She takes on one thing at a time. And she's not typically running around like a maniac. Like, can you say maniac these days? I feel like there's a lot of words you can't you say. Can, you can say maniac. Okay. Um... <laughs> Anyways, but I just like, I look at her and I'm like, oh man, I wish I was more like that. But then she looks at me for advice. Mm -hmm. But one thing I can say, if there's any moms listening right now that are trying to juggle it all, even if you're not working, even if you're not an entrepreneur, is that there's some days where I'm running around like a chicken my head cut off and I'm like, okay, I still feel a sense of energy and I'm still happy and I can, I know I can get through this day. But like, for example, yesterday we did a jelly box shoot and I felt flat and I felt lethargic and I felt fuzzy and I just didn't feel inspiring and I'm just like how am I going to get through the rest of this month like we have such a busy month how am I going to lead my team how am I going to teach my kids something how am I going to do this and I just I went to bed last night after two glasses of wine and I was just spent like I went Mm -hmm. I fell asleep for all the kids and um so I just want people that are listening to know that there's going to be days where you feel like you're on top of the world. And there's going to be other days where you feel like a, a giant failure. And that's normal. That's mm-hmm. totally normal. And everybody, I think it doesn't matter whether you're Oprah or whether you're me or whether you're you, that's a normal feeling. And I think it is important to try to find balance in your life. So you're not having those like big roller coasters, yeah. but at the same time, it's normal to have peaks and valleys. So this is turning into a therapy session. So you can add that to your resume now too, because this is so good for anyone to hear. But like masterclass, yeah, it's a masterclass. You should should be teaching those. Those keep popping up on my Instagram. Do they keep popping up on y'all's? I've seen like Robin Roberts. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, Jillian Harris. That's, like, that's what he's doing. Next. Jillian, I would, 
I would tune into and I would pay big money for any type of class that you are running because I'm just like for me personally I'm not a creative person to so to hear you and see all of the things that you're doing it's like I could be taking that's I'm literally taking I was taking you notes are creative. Like, <laughs> both of you women are so creative you no, are creative yeah I don't know creativity can come in like so many different forms like creativity like especially with your background in law um rachel like your creativity could come in like business leadership or systems or like even finance or just negotiations and all that kind of stuff like you like look at what you're doing with your with your label and everything that's going on. Now you have a new sense of freedom, which mm-hmm. I didn't, never really got to talk about. We got a little more time on your hands. So uh, you, I, you know, I'm it's texting so you after this. <laughs> yeah. You use that energy and you use that, like you use all that fire and all that energy to like serve yourself. And also like you start off being like, what can I do to serve myself? And as you feel more confident and you grow, then you realize you can serve others, whether it be mm-hmm. through donating to charities or doing speaking engagements and sharing your story or um, partnering with different brands that like speak to you and make you feel better about yourself. Like there's so many different ways with our platform that you can, yeah, be successful, which is awesome. But the coolest part that I love is when you partner with brands and then they email you and say like oh my god we sold out all of our stuff like this may our whole year or when Mm -hmm. a fan reaches out to you and says thank you so much for sharing your story I'm going through a similar situation Mm -hmm. um like there's just so many cool things that we now have the opportunity to do because we have this audience and with all the shit that's going on in the world and you have people listening to us we for our kids we have to like Yes, we can have fun and talk about clothes and wine and all that kind of stuff. But also there's an underlying message of just like being a good human being. And like, we, we have to be louder than the, uh, those other people that are really being really loud right now. But to be louder than them so that we can change this climate for our kids yeah. and mm-hmm. our, their future. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Jillian, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and just pick your brain all things related to business and just creativity and just your path that you've taken because it it was a little unconventional which I think you know like there's no one path for anyone so like I said I could talk to you about this for hours but I also do want to pick your brain because I know that people are a gonna wonder if you are going to be watching Claire's season but one thing before we get into that is Rachel and I were talking about just how things have changed for especially the bachelorettes throughout the years and you know early on like especially with Trista there was such a stigma around her being the one woman dating multiple men and you know we've seen it grow and evolve throughout the years and so I felt like when I was finally bachelorette I didn't get that I didn't get really any judgment people were like okay you do you you just got your heart broken like go date those guys but for you how have you seen the show evolve since you were bachelorette well I know that when I first told my parents about it you know everybody was like oh really is this what you're gonna do like my parents supported me but I think everybody was very nervous Mm -hmm. um Especially because it seemed like at that point, I already kind of had an established career and I think they were worried about what it would do to my career. And um, I think there was a little bit of a stigma to it back then. Like, like I was saying earlier, like, oh, you silly girl or, oh, you're going to be sleeping with all these guys or making out with all these guys, which is just so awesome. In hindsight, now that I'm we not saying I'm a, no girl would turn it down at this point. Yeah. And now that I'm a one man woman, I'm like, those were some good times back then. Like being able to, <laughs> I wish I would have enjoyed it more in the moment. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, uh, so 
there, I did feel insecure a little bit coming off of it, especially when my relationship didn't turn out with Ed. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, wow, can I not get a break? And what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily, you know, my parents raised me to be entrepreneurial and I did like turn it into something positive. But now, I mean, the thing is, you go on the show, I think most people that go on the show are, are single, but I you know this whole, like, are you on the show for the right reason thing? Mm-hmm. It, that thing I don't, I don't really understand because I would actually question people more if they really, truly thought that they were going to find their forever love that way. Like, you really are doing it for the experience and mm-hmm. your experience could be meeting new people, traveling, being exposed to the world, trying something scary, or you could fall in love and get married. But yeah. that shouldn't be your primary reason to go on there because I feel like, you know, some of them have worked out, some of them haven't. There are no guarantees. And so when people like, for example, on my season, Wes, he was a country singer and everybody was like, he only went on to, to promote his career. I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course he did. Like, Sounds like a more recent season with uh, Hannah B and Jed. Yes. But I don't. Yeah. But, but, and, and, but you can still find love. Like he, him and I still developed in a really amazing friendship. I'm still mm-hmm. friends with him. We had the best conversations. Like I should have picked him, but there were some parts of him that were a little too rough around the edges for me. And I knew he would like probably cheat on me and break my heart and whatnot. But we had the best connection. So mm-hmm. just because you went on to promote yourself doesn't mean that's going to prevent you from having a connection with somebody. So mm-hmm. and I think people that go on, you know, with hope and they're like, you know, it's going to be a fun adventure. We get to travel. I get to meet new people. Like, if anything, it's just a, a two-month-long vacation, you know, oh. if, you, if it doesn't work out. But, yeah, I think I think when people go in with such, like, their expectation is set of, like, I'm the one. I'm going to fall in love. It's like, you don't know that. You have no idea yeah. who the other person is and what kind of connection you're going to have. Oh. And so, to just, I like how you... The Bachelor oh, producers do a really good job of making you believe that you are the only one for that person. Mm-hmm. Like for oh, anyone yes. listening right now, they <laughs> like, they're talking to all 30 girls and all 30 girls are getting the same story of like, he is looking for a girl just like you. So by the time mm-hmm. you meet that person, you're like, well, of course they're going to pick me because that's, that's how I, what the conversations I've had for the last month. But meanwhile, right. every girl is thinking the exact same Carrying thing. the same thing. It's yeah. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. Did you like, I want to ask you, well, oh God, so many questions. Towards the end, when you were on The Bachelor with, like, you know, one of many women, did you have that self sense of confidence where you, like, you know, I got this in the bag, like, this is it? Yeah. And, and then, like, because I remember going into, the, and, you know, granted, things were very different on Ari's season, but I went into that last day being like, there's no one else. It's me. I got this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't nervous that last day because I was like, yeah. This is it. And and now looking back because of the whole si- situation in Switcheroo, I'm like, I shouldn't, yeah. I should have like taken a step back and been like, wait, right. I'm not the only he one here kind of did, just to refresh my memory, he kind of did basically what Jason did, right? Yeah. Except, yes, yes. Um, except for instead yeah. of it being on the final rows, he did it while you guys were on your honeymoon. Like happy couple. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny because, okay, two things. Yes. 
Um, I did think I had it in the bag because um, Molly, if you're listening to this, don't take offense, but it's okay. I think she'll understand. Back then it was Melissa and Molly Mm -hmm. and they were both basically fresh out of college. They were both really young. I did not think they were ready to be moms. Um, And Jason had Ty and I was like a nanny. I was so ready to be a mom. I already had an established career. I was older than the girls. So I just felt like he would have taken me more seriously. Mm-hmm. As like a mother and as somebody who I thought I was more mature at that time. But so I was like, when he picked Melissa, I was like, what? She's a baby. Like, she's just a baby. She's just like, I don't even, didn't even like, this it sounds so bad. I love Melissa. We're friends now. But I was like, does she even have a job? Like, does she even know how to change a diaper? Like, this is just so insane. Mm-hmm. And then when he switched to Molly, I was like, oh my God, my mind is blown. But now that I see their relationship, like Molly and I are really good friends. And I find her to be one of the most consistent, level-headed people I've ever met and also like such a great articulate communicator. Mm -hmm. Um, I really feel like I can see how he would have felt so safe with her because she's really careful about what she says and how she says it. And she's very certain of herself. She's got that level of confidence. And um, so watching, like I actually just watched parts of his season back Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh, of course he picked, of course, like, of course it makes sense. But back then it didn't make sense to me because I didn't know the girls that well, right? Mm-hmm. I only knew myself and my relationship with him. But sorry, just another thing about Ed is when Ed and I were on Our Happy Couple, I always felt uneasy. I always mm-hmm. felt like I never knew what was going on behind the scenes. I felt like he had a secret life. I felt like he was always hiding his phone. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was being perfectly transparent to my entire relationship with Ed, I always felt like he was hiding something. And he was like, yeah, halfway through our relationship, I was finding he would go to like Lansing, Michigan, for like a work trip. And then he'd get back and I'd find messages on his phone that said like, come to the hot job, I'll show you my awesomeness. And like, he was texting several girls, sometimes he would come home at like, four or five, six, in the morning. like, it was, it was honestly broke my heart, because I truly just wanted it to work out so bad. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the most gut-wrenching, heartbreaking thing ever. And I now look back to our happy couple weekend. I should have saw the signs, but I didn't want to fail again. Like, yeah. dumped me. And then this happened to Ed. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I think just for women to like trust your gut, if there's something off and you can't shake it, like we're much more intuitive than I think sometimes we even realize. And so I get that. Um, oh, something you just said about... I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, uh, you were speaking of, you know, obviously watching Jason's season that replay during The Greatest of All Time. Did you watch most of those, the GOAT episodes back? Um, No, actually, that was the only episode I watched is the one that I've been in. I'm going to level with you guys. I mean, for moms out there who are watching The Bachelor still, I still cannot understand how you can like wake up at five in the morning, do your thing with the kids, work all day, come home, make dinner, clean, have your glass of wine, put the kids to bed and then sit and watch TV. Like I fall asleep with Leo every <laughs> night at like 8.30 and the next morning I get up and I'm like, oh man, I did it again. <laughs> so I haven't been able to tune in to many Bachelor episodes because I just simply can't stay awake mm-hmm. at night. Even like listening to podcasts and reading, like I'm like, where can I find the time to do this? But Clara's season, I'm ex- especially excited about because... Um, she is older and I think more mature. So I think the biggest thing is this, is if she did find love um, to 
put make that as your main priority. Mm-hmm. And my main priority, this sounds bad, I don't know if people are going to hate me for this comment, but my main priority isn't like, make sure you make this work. That's not what I mean, is really dive deep into that because a relationship is clearly unconventional. So really, like Ed and I actually did go to like some therapy sessions, mm-hmm. I think, because we were really struggling with our communication. So really like dive deep into your heart. Like, is this truly the one? How do you know that? Are there signs? Are there red flags? And if you're confident, everything is coming up like a ding, 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 like this is awesome, then you go for that. And then from a career standpoint, where is there room? Is there any room or space to on top of that? Like how does your fiance or partner feel about you now, now that you've got the relationship? How does that person feel that now that you could monetize or um, take this experience to your favor career-wise if you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people back in the day would say, just focus on the relationship. Don't get caught up in trying to be like rich and famous or whatever. But I do think that you can do both. Mm -hmm. If you love this person and he loves you and the foundation of your relationship is strong, um, there should be still room to succeed. There should be no reason why your success and your business should destroy the relationship. Mm-hmm. So a lot of right, a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, she wanted to go on Dancing with the Stars, but she should just be focusing on that she's engaged." Well, guess what? She can do both. Mm-hmm. Why can't yeah. she do both? Well, so, and men can men have been taught to do both. So why can't women? It's just totally. yeah, you just need to know what your priorities are, especially coming from a TV show. Like, no, is it your relationship? Is it capitalizing on your success in your career? Like, what is it? And find that happy balance. So you speak of success because you are one of, like I've said, the most successful women that I know, you know, career-wise, but you also have two beautiful children and this amazing fiance, which I want to talk about because we saw you just get re-engaged. Yeah. So was that, was that planned? Tell us a little bit about that. So we have, we got engaged. So our whole relationship has been very unconventional. First of all, Justin is like 10 years younger than me. Um, I actually when I met Justin, had given up. I was like, okay, I'm starting to find my success as a human. I'm starting to enjoy my alone time. I had guys in every area code and I was proud of it. Like I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of that time of my life at all because I was just confident in myself. I had a boyfriend in like Holland, one in Hollywood, one here. And Did you say uh, Holland? Hol- uh, Holland, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had met in different countries. Oh yeah. I love it. Um, and I, I was confident in myself. I had really strong boundaries. My friends came first. My family came first. I came first and I just was kind of doing my own thing and I had kind of given up. And I honestly, honestly thought, okay, when I get to be, I was 32, when I get to be like 36, I'm going to do the artificial insemination. I'm going to have babies on my own. And whenever it happens for me, a relationship, it happens for me. And I met Justin in the line at a bar and I was like, oh, he is cute. I'm like, he's 10 years younger than me. I'm like this, I like a black widow. I was like, this is my next victim. <laughs> and we started chit-chatting and he was actually so, I could tell that he was raised well. You know, when you talk to somebody mm-hmm. and they're just really raised well mm-hmm. and they talk, you just know when you communicate with them that they've got a good heart. And normally what I would do with some a nice guy like that is normally I would sabotage it before the first date. I would be like, oh, he's too nice. Or he's Mm -hmm. like, I was going for the bad guy because I knew if I went for the bad guy, I knew how to handle them. And I already set myself up for failure. And I just didn't want to get my heart broken again. 
And then, so I just, I was basically self-sabotaging myself the whole time in terms of a relationship, but that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. By the way, leading up to Ed, most of the guys I dated were like not good guys, not honest guys. Like I did date a few good guys, but not a lot of them. So when I met Justin, then I found out he was like 23 and I was 32. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I want to have babies and you're not ready to have babies at 23. Like this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. But we dated for a good four years and I was going to be, it's turning 36. And I said like, I would talk about engagement a lot, but I think he just, we had a really rough relationship to be honest. I think because of our age difference mm-hmm. and also the difference in our career, like where we yeah. were in our life. Um, I think he was, he came from a pro snowboarding background, but then he quit. So he felt like he was always the famous one that had this crazy mm-hmm. career. And then he quit that. And then he's with this girl and everybody's, Oh, Jillian this, Jillian that. And he was sort of like, as a man, where do I stand? Right. So we really struggled in our relationship. And I think that's why we never got engaged because I think we were both like, I don't know if we're going to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. And so one day I said to him, like, honestly, like, I know you haven't proposed yet, but do you think I'm the one that you're going to have babies with? And he was like, yes. And I'm like, because my clock is ticking, which means your clock is ticking. So we had to make a decision that... I'm sorry, my dogs are barking. Keep going. Sorry. Kind of made a decision that when I turned 36, we'd start trying. Mm -hmm. But like a month before my 36th birthday, it happened and we got pregnant. And I think he, as like a traditional, he's, um, his family's Catholic, 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 yeah. And I think Justin was like, shit, I I should have proposed first. I'm like, well, you didn't. Like, I'm pregnant now. (laughs) There's there's no one back. There's no one back. (laughs) Uh, I think that always kind of bugged him. Like, shit, she's right. I should have proposed first. Like, it's okay. Like, there's no right or wrong way to do this. And so when Leo was about eight months, it was Christmas. So no, August, September, October, November, December, five months old, mm-hmm. um, Justin proposed. Um, and we just have been, I've been, I've, I don't think he's terrified of having a wedding, but he also is not going to plan a wedding. I know he won't. Mm-hmm. I am terrified. I just, I don't know. I think I'm just, it seems like such a thing I've been waiting to do my whole life that I feel like no matter what, it sounds so weird, but I'm scared I'm going to disappoint myself. Like I'm scared, I don't know. Well, and you know, like you are so creative. So I'm sure the ideas that you had in your brain years ago have changed. And you're also juggling like a thousand and fourteen different things right now. So you know, it'll come. And I mean, I'm sure me, everyone included will want to follow along and see what your writing looks like, because it's going to be stunning. Like that's just, it's going to, regardless, like it's going to be. But like like our wedding was supposed to be last August. And when coronavirus happened and we had to cancel, I was like, Oh my God, like there's all these, yeah, there was all these (laughs) brides that were so devastated. And I was like, thank God I haven't gone to the gym. I had no idea who was catering. We hadn't even sent out, save the dates. And it was like five months before our wedding, like I just could, I just couldn't pull it all together. But anyways, so so how I got reengaged was um, when I went to go try on wedding dresses in Vancouver. I went to go see our jeweler to pick out wedding bands, mm-hmm. and they noticed I had a diamond missing. So they were like, "Leave us your ring," and I left them my grandma's wedding band as well to okay. get polished up and fixed up before the wedding. So they sent it back to us, and it was when coronavirus first started, and 
life was very chaotic at home. We didn't have childcare, but I was still working. We weren't bringing packages inside the house. And it was a day where um, I think a lot of jelly box packages were coming in, a lot of like approval stuff. And so I had all these boxes on our front porch and I had gone to the FedEx guy a few times. And I think I was drinking rosé. I had a couple glasses of wine. So I just went and I had the kids and the kids were screaming. The dogs were barking. I was on phone calls and I'm going through these packages. And our landscaper had stopped by. And I know that I was anxious about her being in the yard with coronavirus. I was like trying to keep the kids away from her and like, Mm -hmm. should she be here? And I kind of said to her, I'm like, you know what? It's a weird week. Like, let's just not do this for a while. And she was about to leave. And she said, do you want me to take your your recycling to the recycling depot? And I was like, yes, because Justin is a big uh, germaphobe. So I knew Justin wasn't going to be going to the recycling depot during the pandemic. And I wanted to get rid of all this cardboard. Mm -hmm. So I started taking a bunch of boxes and shoving shoving them into boxes. And so the ring, from what I know now, was in a FedEx box. Um, I know it wasn't stolen because it didn't even say on it that it was from a jeweler. It was the guy's name. And it was mm-hmm. a small box. Like, what, why would somebody... Steal? It was like... Yeah. But it wasn't in a, in a heavy ring box. It was just in like a smaller like uh, paper box or cardboard box. And so it felt empty. And I remember like now going back, once I realized what happened, oh. I missed my steps. Oh. So then 10 days later... I said to them, where's my ring? Like, I still haven't received my ring. You guys said you were sending it two weeks ago. It should be here by now. And they were like, oh yeah, you signed for it on such and such a date. And I'm like, I didn't receive it. And so we tore the house apart. And then I went back into like, Justin and I lie in bed. I went and looked, looked in my um, calendar. And I was like, that was the day that all those packages came. Oh, and no. By then it was too late. We had like, we called all the recycling depots. We went down there, but they were like, our stuff gets processed and then gets put on a boat and it's probably on its way to like Thailand or wherever. And your grandma's ring was in it too? Yeah. That just crushes my heart. Well, I I mean, silver lining, if anything out of that story is you got another one, another ring. So we were devastated because that was the ring. That was the ring and it's my grandma's ring. And that's kind of why I, a lot of people didn't agree that I asked Justin to repropose. They were like, you lost the ring. You should have repropose. But Justin is very traditional and he wanted this ring to feel just as special as the last ring. Mm. Trying to cry. He was like, I don't want you to look at this ring as the replacement ring. I want you to look at this ring as like another special moment. And it doesn't take that much to repropose and show somebody you love them. Mm-hmm. Like it can be something that is a heartbreaking thing, but you can turn it back into a beautiful moment. And if you really do love that person, what's the harm in showing them all over again that you want them to marry you again? Mm-hmm. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, you, so, know, and yeah. you just need the right words. That's all you need is the right yeah. words, maybe a second ring, who knows? Yeah. But totally. yeah. Oh, well, I love that story. I can't wait to meet Justin because he sounds just like such a stand-up guy. Um, but before we have to let you go, I don't want I don't want you to leave. I would just want to keep picking your brain. But um, I just want to to because I, I feel like our listeners are just going to love you and they're going to want to see more of you. So, where can we see? Where can they find you? Your site, everything, so they can you know fall in love with you like uh-huh. we have. Thank you, Becca. I appreciate that. And honestly, this has been so awesome. In fact, when I was 
sitting down, I had to look at the clock and I was like, oh, how come we're not drinking wine? Like I know. 10.30 is a little early for me. I probably would have done 11.30. So if we do a follow-up interview, let's do it in the afternoon so we can have some wine. Yes. If um, nothing else, I'm going to FaceTime you and we're going to do that. Yeah. Hey, anytime. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for allowing me to plug myself. Um, Instagram, I think, is where... My stories, I think, is where I'm most raw and real mm-hmm. um, and um, screwing up left, right, and center. In fact, if you go on follow me on Instagram right now, oh, hopefully it's not expired. I should save it to my highlights. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but I, I tried to do a beautiful picture of me in a waterfall on this vacation. And I was trying to like, you know, <laughs> Instagrammers in the waterfall and their hair is wet and they look so sexy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I gotta, I'm going to send it to you and you can maybe share it somehow on your guys' thing. I did a side-by-side of how mine turned out and it's just so bad. Like I'm wearing a white bathing suit and you can like see my camel toe, my areola, I, my face. I look so, I've got a double chin. It's just so nasty. And I did side-by-side with this other blogger that I follow, like how to do it, how not to do it. So definitely. To, it's not still on there. I'm trying to find it. Oh, I miss. Please send it to me. I will. I, I will. This. Yes. Um, so my Insta stories, are, I think, are where to follow me best. Um, my website is JillianHarris.com, and we um, do lots of um, lots of recipes. We're always collaborating with different influencers, different educators. We do a lot of charity work on the on the website. The Jilly Box is cool. It's kind of hard to get your hands on one, but uh, you can follow over there and just even take in all the small businesses that we're partnering with and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the cookbook. You can get the cookbook. I love the cookbook. Yeah, the I cook- love it. And it's it's beautiful. It has some amazing recipes in it. So yes, I highly, highly recommend. But Jillian, it was so fun to have you. Thank you. I feel like this, this has been a good part walk down memory lane, part therapy session, part business consulting, like all of the things wrapped up into one. So thank you for joining us on our happy hour. We love you. We have to have you back. I would love to come back. Thank you for having me. You guys. I'm so excited that everybody else got to experience Jillian because Mm -hmm. she's from a different bachelorette era, but, and we got to know her at the reunion and thereafter, but people are understanding why she was the bachelorette, why she's accomplished all that she has and why Mm -hmm. she's so freaking fantastic. She truly is, I want to say a jack of all trades. She's doing it all. She, but like just her charisma and kindness like you can really hear that when you anytime I talk to her I just feel like I'm floating kind of because she's just so positive and she's crushing it so I mean also too I want to say if you guys don't follow her on Instagram check her out because her page is beautiful Mm -hmm. like you can get her presets like just she's just doing it all and and to this day Rachel we're still in our bachelor group chat we still are like when can we go to Jillian's and yeah. have like another bachelorette reunion without the cameras just us girls on the lake in Canada so that still has to be planned because I think happening. Yeah, she, she lives in the middle of nowhere she said she's not like in a big city you know what I love to since you mentioned the bachelorette chats what I also love is we'll be talking about something you know like <laughs> gossiping and mm-hmm. Jillian's like what when did what? that happen what when did I miss yeah. <laughs> it's like her girl, babies as she you're, should <laughs> you're taking over the world like right like you are literally Oprah slash Martha Stewart all that so it's like mm-hmm. we get it we'll update you but I love how she's like 
where have I been? <laughs> oh, it never fails. Whatever the news is, that's her response. <laughs> yes, she she's so funny. But um, also, I want to say, like, maybe we'll have a good place to go in November, depending on how things turn out. So L- listen, there's several there's several trips floating around in the Bachelorette group chat to do. So one of these is going to stick for sure. You guys, we truly, truly hope you enjoyed that interview. And we're really going to love going down this journey with former Bachelorettes because we want you to get to know them the same way that we did we want mm-hmm. we also want you to see how they paved the way for us and are the reason that we became the bachelorette and they set such a great example for us and i also love that they're from a different era when it doesn't seem to be as influenced by social media and uh i don't know the stakes just seem to be just a little bit different so anyways we hope you guys enjoyed this as well we're bringing you so much more on bachelor happy hour and you know you guys you know the routine we love to hear from you. So please, please continue to communicate with us on social, wherever you happen to frequent social on Instagram. You can find us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram, on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us at Batch Happy Hour. Like, comment, DM us. We see you. We hear you. Again, we started off the show. We topped off the show with burning questions that you guys sent us. We love to do this. We want to create this community and we want it to be free flowing and very open between Becca, myself, and our listeners. Also, don't forget to register to vote. Don't forget if you are out of state like me to request your absentee ballots early. The election is coming up so soon. We are less than 60 days here, folks. Um, If you need some more information on how to register, please visit www.rockthevote.org. It's so important, you guys, that we use our voice. We cannot stress enough how important it is to vote. It is your right. So definitely do it. Once again, that address is www.rockthevote.org for more information. Don't just vote. Be an informed voter. And last but not least, Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. Rock the vote! So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.